can I add my welcome to you if you're visiting this morning? It's great to, to have you here with us. I was just... One of the readings that talked about um, the leper that they tore their clothes and didn't comb their hair. That could go for some of our teenagers today, couldn't it? <laughs> Except maybe they comb their hair really, really well. <laughs> so interesting how um, things change. Getting stuck into Mark again. Um, Mark doesn't muck around in his gospel. He gets straight to the point. He's succinct and he focuses totally, totally on Jesus' ministry, what Jesus came to do and what he expects of those who follow him, commitment and obedience. In the first two chapters, Mark notes Jesus heals many people of diseases and evil spirits as he travels and preaches throughout the region of Galilee and records four of them in detail. The other Gospels take much longer to get to this point in Jesus' ministry, but Mark is excited uh, by these things. This morning we'll look at the healing of the leper. Jesus' authority so far has included in these healings power over demons, exercising and silencing them, and power over sickness. And in our healing today we see that his authority extends to forgiveness of sins, perhaps a disease that we all suffer from. Mark first presents us with a miserable picture of a leper. Luke's account of this miracle adds a detail that this man was full of leprosy, so meaning he was totally covered in sores that the condition had spread over his entire body. As the leprosy spreads, many lepers go blind, not because of the disease itself, but because without feeling in their eyes, they forget to blink and don't have that sensation. Unlike most blind people, however, they can't use their hands to bring them the sensations that their eyes are denied. I was trying to think what might be something um, slightly equivalent, but not, um, to, to that sense of not feeling. I don't know, sometimes, you know, you know when your leg goes to sleep and you, you, can't, you, can't, well, you can't walk on it or you're worried, but, but it feels weird, and, but, but probably a leper wouldn't even feel that. So, but that was sort of the closest that I, I could come to it. The leper before Jesus, however, was still able to see. And we find that his misery was not merely physical, it was also spiritual. He fell down before Jesus saying, if you are willing, you can make me clean. clean. Here we have powerful evidence of why Mark includes this healing and why Jesus performs it in the first place. Note the leper did not say, you can make me well. Instead, he says, you can make me clean. Noting a difference between healing and curing. The leper was unclean. A predominant notion of leprosy is a foulness and a rottenness of both body and soul. Uncleanness is a concept very well developed within the Old Testament book of Leviticus, as we heard in the reading. Most uncleanness occurred because a person touched something that was unclean, like a corpse or anything um, that was unclean, such as certain animals or insects. There's apparently a whole list of things that could make you unclean. And usually the solution to uncleanness was to simply wait until sundown and then bath, have a bath. 
Some uncleanness had to be removed, though, by offering a sacrifice. But the uncleanness attached to leprosy, and leprosy itself was incurable. Here is what the law of Moses says about the person who is to be leprous. Um, and actually, we've, we've already read that. Uh, Liam read that for us. If the, in the Bible, there is no disease regarded with more terror and no persons more ostracised by society than lepers. Lepers not only had to bear the physical pain of their disease, but also the mental anguish and the heartbreak of being completely cut off from those that they loved and the communities of which they'd been a part of. They were totally shunned, unclean, outcast, alone, lonely, despised, rejected, hopeless, a living death. The Jews had another name for leprosy and it was called the finger of God. And it was supposed that those with leprosy had been literally singled out by God for a terrible judgment. And indeed, this was true in a few cases which are recorded in scripture. When Mary and Moses' big sister recruited her brother Aaron to lead an insurrection against her baby brother Moses, we read in Numbers 11 that she was struck with leprosy so that she was as white as snow. Now, we do not know if this leper was leprous as a judgment of God, and, but Jesus is not suggesting that the man's specific illness arose from his own specific sins here. But we can be fairly certain that everyone around him probably thought so. Whilst there are illnesses which can be traced to specific sin on the part of the sufferer, such as various illnesses caused through immoral lifestyles or choices, Jesus elsewhere cautions us against judging people in this way. And whether he was an innocent leper or one on whom the finger of God had fallen, Everyone still treated him horribly. This leper broke the law by running up to Jesus and begging him to make him clean or cure him. He's keenly aware of his utter separation from man and from God. He cannot enter the temple. He couldn't, these people couldn't come to church to offer sacrifice or worship. He can't join others at the time of the morning or evening sacrifice and pray to God. He cannot even enter a town as he has to remain outside any ordinary human community. And this leper, when he comes to Jesus, demonstrates he has faith. He has faith in Jesus. His words, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This shows that the leper is confident that Jesus can cleanse him of the leprosy and all that goes with it. The lesson Mark leaves us and the point which Jesus is making by healing this man is simply this, that there is no sickness of body or soul so great that cannot be healed or redeemed by Jesus. Praise God. And this is what Jesus does for this man. Mark tells us he was moved by compassion for the leper. Some versions have he was indignant or angry, perhaps suggesting Jesus hates how evil can spoil human nature in any shape or form. But most say, most versions say he responds with compassion. He reaches out and he touches the leper. 
Jesus does the very thing which no one else would even consider doing. He touches him. To touch a leper was to make oneself unclean and possibly permanently unclean if you contracted leprosy by that contact. But Jesus touches the leper and says, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leper is cleansed from his leprosy. For Jesus, people and relationships are more important than rituals and legalism. And holiness for Jesus is a holiness that breaks down barriers between people. Jesus would not allow the law of the land to crush his compassion. And when it came to choosing one over the other, Jesus did and always chooses compassion. Jesus stretched out his hand to touch many, bringing cleansing, wholeness and healing. He took children in his arms. He laid hands on them and blessed them. He grasped the hand of the panicking Peter who was sinking in the Sea of Galilee. He gently cleansed the feet of his disciples and instructed us to do the same for one another. And he felt and responded to the touch of the hemorrhaging woman and he offered his hand and assisted the woman caught in adultery to stand tall. Jesus was eventually put to death because he touched all the wrong people. Jesus could have healed this man with leprosy at a distance, but instead he overcame this man's isolation and touched him, restoring him to community. And this touching of suffering humanity is an action that we are confronted with again and again in the Gospels by Jesus. Who are the untouchable people that you are ministering to? What compassion are you showing them? In our ministry, we are called to have a personal touch. It is all too easy to throw money at those in need, but have we become part of something that money cannot buy, fix or replace? Sometimes our hands must become dirty in order to represent Christ to the world, in order to see our fellow human beings through the eyes of Christ and to reach out to them with his touch of mercy, of grace and of love. In his book, Caring, Feeling, Touching, Sidney Simon, a teacher at the University of Massachusetts, speaks of a skin hunger that perhaps is felt by all of us It's a deep-seated need for the touch, for the feel, for the concrete reality of human contact. He points out that every human being comes into this world needing to be touched. And this is a need that continues until death. And many studies have shown that of infants and attachment therapy, uh, attachment um, um, (laughs) theories, theories, sorry. Father Damien He was um, someone who served people with leprosy and he gave himself unselfishly to those people. One day when he stood to speak to his congregation, he began his remarks by addressing them as we lepers. He had touched them so intimately as he bound their wounds that he himself had contracted the dreaded disease. If we seek to touch the hurting people and places of this world... We need to be prepared for the fact that there are costs involved. 
And yet this is how the power of Christ continues to reach a hurting world, possibly the only way. Mother Teresa once said that if at the end of the day you want to examine your conscience and your contributions, just look at your hands. What have your hands done this week? Who have they reached? Who have they touched? Whom have they served? Has the imprint of Christ's image been left on anything that your hands have touched? There are so many lepers living in our world today. They might not have the same dreaded disease mentioned in Mark, but the situation is somewhat similar. And these people, they're our neighbours, our colleagues, our classmates, our teachers, our friends, sometimes our family. They're crippled by some hurt, some pain, some habit, a memory from their past or a lingering illness and they too need someone who will reach out and touch them, who will love them, who will accept them, who will see their pain through the eyes of Jesus and have compassion on them. We're to see humanity through the compassionate eyes of Christ if we're going to be truly followers of him. We're to touch others with his holy touch. This stuff is so important in our ministry and as we reach out to this hurting world. Jesus made a speech recorded in chapter 25 of Matthew during the last week of his earthly life about the great judgment at the end of time of the sheep and the goats. The sheep, the followers of Christ, the goats are not. The sheep are the ones who feed the hungry, who gave drink to the thirsty, who welcomed the stranger, who visited the prisoner, who clothed the naked. Jesus tells us that when people do these things for other people, they're actually doing them for Jesus. Jesus is in such solidarity with suffering humanity that he and they are literally one. The real test in Jesus' story about the sheep and the goats is, do we really love Jesus? Do you really love Jesus? Because it is through loving others where we reveal or declare just how much or how little that we love Jesus. I'll say that again. It is through loving others where we reveal or declare how much or how little that we love Jesus. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. Who are those today God is asking us to show compassion and mercy and grace to? Who is he asking us to reach out and touch? Who today might be the unclean, the alienated, the despised? Fear often keeps us from others whom we don't understand. What groups of people are you afraid of today? Fear cripples us from a freedom to love. Who are some of the groups who are marginalised? Refugees, those in the LGBTQI community, our Indigenous brothers and sisters, 
homeless people, those with drug and alcohol addictions, ex-offenders, pedophiles, terrorists, those from other religions or atheists. James and Evelyn Whitehead say the handy version of compassion is not about pity but about kinship. Pity often has about it the taint of condescension. We feel sorry for some unfortunate other. From a position of moral superiority, we descend to pity the less fortunate. I see the other person is like me. Oh, no, sorry. Um, but in genuine compassion, we recognise that the other person as our kind, that we see the other person as like me. He is my neighbour and I'm to love my neighbour as I love myself. Do you see these people as being loved by God regardless of how they are living and the choices they are making? Until we do, we'll never be able to fulfill, fulfill the great commission entrusted to us by Jesus himself. God became flesh and dwelt among us and he touched us. He had compassion on us and so he touched us. He's stretching out his hands in order to touch us and make us clean. And once we receive his touch, we're to pass his love and his compassion on to others. We're to be the eyes of Christ and we are to touch the so-called untouchables with Christ's loving, compassionate and healing hands. There's no other way to make this dirty world clean. There's no other way for the unclean to become clean. How can you get involved? What are some of the things you can do? There's night shelter starting here this week, um, our ministry to the homeless. The care van, I know a couple of people here support the care van, serving um, meals during, um, sometimes in the, during the week. Loaves and fishes, some of our people share and minister those. What what can you do that can in some way reach the untouchable? What Jesus does next after he has healed the leper is also very insightful. He strictly asks the man to do two things. First, he charges the man not to tell anyone what's happened. And we think, come on, surely we can bring glory to God by telling everyone. Why does Jesus do that, do you suppose? Well, from what had been happening in Capernaum, we know that Jesus' miracles of healing are getting him mobbed by people who are seeking him for a cure. They're not interested in anything he has to say. And Jesus wants to preach. He wants to teach. And that requires that there be people willing to listen. And instead, they've perhaps not been willing to listen to anything Jesus has been telling him. They just want him to heal their diseases. And so Jesus, willing to heal the leper, is unwilling that this act of mercy should put further breaks on his preaching ministry. And so he tells the man to be quiet about this. Second, Jesus tells the man to go to the priest and to offer the sacrifices for his cleansing as Moses commanded, as a testimony to the priests. By this, Jesus attempts to do two things, to demonstrate his own compliance and agreement with the law of Moses, 
For in Leviticus 14, there are directions for what to do if someone is cleansed of leprosy. He's to show himself to the priest, who is to confirm that the leprosy is healed, and then the healed leper is to bring certain gifts and sacrifices to the priest, who will offer them to the Lord. How often do you suppose that had ever been done in Israel's history? We don't know for sure, but most likely, very often, most likely the priests didn't have to perform this ritual very often because people didn't come to them healed of leprosy. Possibly only Miriam when she was cleansed of her leprosy during the wilderness wanderings. The sacrifices of the cleansed leper were part of the liturgical training of the temple priests, but most likely they never got to use them. And perhaps that's why Jesus wants this leper to go to the temple, because when he did so, it might be a powerful testimony to the priests that the Messiah had come. Unfortunately, the man did not do as Jesus commanded. He went out and did the very thing Jesus asked him not to do. And he failed to do the one thing that Jesus commanded him to do. We can see how he did it. He was so excited about what had happened. But the result was that Jesus' ministry was hindered. The irony, very sharp here. The leper who formerly lived out in the wilderness and could not enter the city is now running around inside the city while Jesus, who wanted to preach in the city, has to depart the city and stay out in the wilderness. What does Mark's leper story teach us? We must not forget in the joy and excitement of the good times in our lives, still to do as God commands, even if we don't understand it. Often people tend to forget about their responsibilities toward God when things are going well or when something exciting happens. We, we can then just go away and not think about how we're living, living our life the way we want and forget to perhaps do as God is really asking. And we do that while still enjoying his blessings, probably oblivious to how our recklessness might be inhibiting or restricting Christ's ministry. Charles Colson has pointed out, it is absurd for Christians to constantly seek new demonstrations of God's power to expect a miraculous answer to every need. This only leads to faith in miracles instead of faith in God. And that's what Jesus was worried about with the many crowds, that they wanted miracles and exciting things rather than a solid everyday faith in their God. The leper's actions are often what we see in those who truly come to Jesus in faith. In their great adversity, in their great need, they rightly seek Jesus' grace and favour. But when their needs are met, when Jesus extends to them grace and compassion, and often the hard stuff, then they are far less willing to listen to what Jesus tells them is good to do. The healed leper's disobedience is easy to understand and to sympathise with, and yet it made Jesus' mission all the harder to accomplish at this stage. And it deprived the priests in Jerusalem of a stunning testimony to Jesus himself. 
Please, though, fix this miracle in your memory. What the leper got right, we need to get right and to keep right in our own minds. And that is this, the very precious truth that what attracts the attention of Jesus toward us is not the desperateness of our condition. Jesus is not some sort of fireman who runs around looking for fires to put out. Sorry, Matt and Mark. (laughs) And though he healed a great many people of terrible diseases and cast out a great number of demons, this is not what he came into the world to accomplish and it is not what grabs his attention. Instead, it was the faith of the leper. It was the faith of those who approached Jesus which invariably caught his attention, prompted his blessing and caused their healing. It is our faith that our God is interested in. The second thing we need to keep in mind is the nature of this man's calamity. Leprosy was the most graphic picture of sin and its corruption of the human body and soul. Of all the miracles of healing which Jesus performed, this would have to be one of the greatest importance for us, for it assures us that there is nothing beyond the scope of Jesus' compassion. In practical terms, there is no sin beyond Jesus' willingness to forgive. There is no human depravity, no human corruption that cannot be healed by the grace of Jesus Christ. We need to remember this both for our own sakes and for the sake of those with whom we share the gospel of good news. This is what Mark wants us to remember. So my hope for all of us is simply this, that the example of the leper's faith will always motivate us to turn from our own uncleanness and to seek Jesus' compassion and forgiveness And that having received his forgiveness, we'll find grace to obey the Lord in all that he instructs us to do, even if we don't understand it. May God grant that we'll always come to Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, that we'll not stand afar off in shame, but instead come to the one who can take our shame away. And may we ever keep this truth about our Lord prominent in our example, in our speech to this hurting and or unclean world. May those we are called to reach out to and touch see in us a hope not only of a clear conscience and a forgiven spirit, but of everlasting life and life in all its fullness. And I encourage if there's anyone here who this morning wants some prayer for, for healing either, physical or spiritually or mind or um, emotionally, whatever, that there's, there'll be people down the front who would be willing to pray with you. Jesus' offer um, to come um, is, always, is always there for us. And as he said to the leper, I am willing to heal you. That is my desire. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a God of compassion who wants to touch everyone, particularly those who are marginalised, particularly those who are hurting, particularly those who have been cast out of society. Lord, help 
Bring us to those people who need your touch and give us the courage to touch, to love and to see them as you do. For there is nothing else that's going to make these people clean before you. We thank you for your healing touch. We thank you for that we have in our own lives have known that. Help us to use that as motivation to continue to reach this lost and hurting world as you would. In Jesus' name, amen.